Hello, and welcome back to The Haunting Podcast. We're doing something a little bit different. We've been on a hiatus, but we're back with season two. And with that comes a new setup. So we are going to continue to do exactly what we have been doing. We are going to continue to visit places that are haunted and historical. But on top of that, we are also going to do stories. We are going to cover legends. We are going to cover interesting murders, as it is in tonight's case, and how they might have been solved by paranormal activity. We are going to cover weird clown sightings. We are going to cover everything creepy and spooky and everything that is part of the ooky spooky genre. So we do hope that you guys enjoy this next season and all the things that there are to come. And with that, I am your host, Tegan. And I'm your other host, Jordan. It's been so long, Jordan. It has been a while, but But we're back. And we are. And uh, I personally have a story that I am very interested in telling. How about you today? I do too. Would you mind if I start off though? You can start off. Oh my God. Yay. New setup, new ways to do it. Oh my, I know you're starting it off this season. You're kicking it off good, huh? I get to kick off the stories. Awesome. Let's hear what you got. All right. Well, my story is Homie the Clown. I I know that might sound familiar to some people out there. It kind of does. Yeah, it does. Sounds very 90s. So... Long before the clown pandemic of 2016. That was a really weird time. That was a weird time, especially all those like videos and vines that are coming out. And it's just like a clown waving on the side of the road. It's just like, you know, uh, go away. Yeah. It, you know, some of that uh, I definitely think was a setup, but there were others. Oh, yeah. There were others that I was just like, oh. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. Anyways, clowns are not a vibe. No, never have been, actually. Ne- never have been a vibe. I don't get it, neither personally. Have, I, I don't either. Anyways, go on. <laughs> well, as it turns out, there was actually a clown that terrorized Chicago in 1991. Ooh. As you may have known, the show in Living Color aired between April 15th, 1990 and Ooh. May 1994. That's like almost my birthday. I was born like a year later. You know what was the one thing I remember about In Living Color? And I know this is kind of mean because, you know, the Wayne brothers are awesome. But uh, In Living Color is what started uh, Jim Carrey's career. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I to be honest, the name sounds familiar, but I've never like really sat down and watched the show. So I didn't even know. Yeah. It's what made Jim Carrey famous. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. The character Homie D. Clown will go on to kids' parties and events and taunt the kids and make inappropriate jokes not made for kids. This was an adult program on Fox News, after all. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is all just kind of resonating with the whole 2016 clown pandemic thing. Right. About a year after Homie the Clown appeared on the show, the rumors and legends started. The Homie D. Clown sighting were almost always children, and almost all the children would say how they saw Homie stalking other children. Some would even say they would see him carrying a sock, which in the show, the clown would use to hit the children with. Very violent. It was a funny skit. It was a funny skit. I really liked it. (laughs) That just sounds really bad. It was funny. Like, if I, it's been a while since I saw it. Wait, was it just like an empty sock? Uh, There was definitely something in the sock. It was definitely an inflated sock. Oh my God. And he would just hit kids. Like, some kid would say something dumb. And then he would just give a deadpan look and then hit him with the sock. (laughs) This sounds so 90s. It was great. It was great. The rumors became so much so that in 1991, the police opened up an investigation and the Daily Herald even wrote an article about it. No hard evidence was ever found to back up 
any of the claims made by the children, and almost all of them were dismissed as having no merit to them. Although police did not think most of these sightings were true, they still kept an eye out. If you were a clown in full makeup going to work, you would be stopped and questioned by the police. Although no hard evidence was ever found, the homie D clown legend still lives on for many local Chicagoans, which as a as a as an imported Chicagoan, I never knew about this. Did you just call yourself an imported Chicagoan? Well, I've been here for like 10 years. I think I can call myself a Chicagoan by now. I just like how you had to add the imported. Well, you know, I still got to rep the home state. I am born and raised Chicagoan. Not everyone's perfect. And I've actually never heard of this one. Really? Yeah, this is one I had not. I hadn't heard of this other one either that I'm about to tell. And uh, yeah, I was really kind of surprised when I was doing research on these. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, let's hear it then. Okay. So this next one is wild. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited. It is wild. There is a lot of characters involved, and uh, there is a trigger warning. There is slight mention of sexual assault, uh, just for a second. But, you know, yeah, it is It is a absolutely wild story. Appreciate the content warning. It, uh, always with the trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. Be respectful. All right. So this is called the Teresita Bassa Possession Case. So if you've never heard of this case, sorry, it's just absolutely crazy. Okay, so Teresita was born in 1929 in the Philippines. She migrated to the United States in 1960 to study music, but would later actually become a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital while still working on her master's degrees in music. So this woman is a multitasking hero. She can do it all. I do not have the brain capacity. I do not either. Uh, you know, go her, though. She like she has it going for her. Uh, so while not working and doing school, she actually would teach piano to the neighborhood kids. Friends of Miss Bassa would describe her as intelligent and a quiet woman with a very laid-back lifestyle. So she was just... She just kind of like existed. She seemed to be very helpful in her town and neighborhood. Obviously, the kids loved her. They would learn piano off of her. She was saving lives with her respiratory therapy. Again, in my book, this woman is a superhero. So on the day of February 21st, 1977, it started out as any other day for Teresita. She left her apartment for work and she went to work, had her day. Uh, She left for home around 5.30 p.m., and it was almost three hours later that neighbors actually smelt smoke and called the fire department. They didn't actually know where the fire was coming from, so the police had to – the police fire department had to kind of just look around. They found it. Um, They started to put out the fire, and in doing so, they discovered the body of Teresita in between the mattress, like just under a mattress – And she had a bunch of stab wounds on her body with the knife still sticking out of her chest. Oh, that's grisly. It is. It is absolutely sickening. So the police obviously quickly determined that this is a homicide. Um, She was found in the nude. And because of that, police did theorize that this had been a sexual assault that had gone bad. Right. Which. Textbook. Fair. So they examined the body, and they found that that was not to be the case. And uh, that was about it. The only other thing that they really found was a note 
that said, get tickets for AS. No other clues were found. Everything was burnt up in the fire. They they didn't have the tools that we have today. This was back in, you know, 1977. So that's kind of where it lay for a few months. They tried to interview some people and there was nobody that could think of anybody who would want to hurt her. Uh, they could think of no reason why anyone would want to murder her. They, they they just didn't understand what was going on. This was a very big shock for the community. We do know that a friend of Teresita did call and speak to her for about 30 minutes that day on February 21st mm-hmm. before the call was cut short because Teresita said that she was actually waiting for somebody. So we don't know who that person was. And that's the big thing. Like, Who was this stranger that came to see her before she died? And it kind of just sat like that. Um, by April, the case was considered cold and stayed in limbo until about August of 77 when Detective Joseph got a tip from police in the suburb, uh, suburb of Everston about a man named Alan Shorey. And this tip was given to them by another man named Jose. So Jose called the police with a really interesting story. He said that his wife, Remy, who also worked as a respiratory therapist at Edgewood Hospital, was being possessed by Teresita, and he knew who killed her. What? Yeah. This story gets like... I could already tell if I'm murdered, I hope this happens to me. You know, it's same. Uh, I want to be able to possess somebody. Yes. So Jose claims that when his wife is possessed by Teresita, she appears to be in a trance and she speaks in Teresita's native language, Tagalog. Uh, It is important to point out, though, that Remy did know the language. She was familiar with it, but it was rarely spoken by her. So Jose... um, said that when she was in this translite state, that Teresita, speaking through Remy, had asked the doctor, this this man is also a doctor at Edgewood, he also works in the respiratory, respiratory section of the hospital, he asked the doctor to help her and told him that her murderer was still on the loose. And that the murderer was Alan Shorey and that he had come over to her house to repair a TV and proceeded to stab her and take her jewelry. Like, what? Like, all of this was apparently I mean, said during the possession. Even when it comes to, like, getting services, be careful who you let in your house, right? Like, it's true. I, it's, I, but, like, and this was all said, like, somebody just possessed this woman and was just like, yo, here, it was in the kitchen with a knife, Done by the butler. Like, it was a straight clue series of events. if I get killed and I'm a ghost, you you better fucking run. Because I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you get fucking caught, dude. (laughs) Right? So instead of dismissing Jose like pretty much anybody else would do. I mean, yeah. The investigators actually looked into his claims. So the investigators went um, and started to question Alan. Uh, Alan worked as a respiratory technician, as it were, for the same hospital as Jose, Ambassa, and Remy. Dang. <laughs> These people just were like all entangled. 
But Alan was in a tough financial situation, and Basa was helping him by paying him to do small jobs around the house for her. And he also had the same initials. As A.S. As A.S. from the letter earlier on. Spooky. So it's just not looking really good for Alan here. He's got I mean, the... yeah, but does that really stand up in court? You don't think that, like, I mean, a the possession would is... count? I mean, I, I don't the know. The murder victim told me themselves. I mean, that's Guilty. pretty compelling. Well, that's actually kind of funny, right? So we'll get to that in a second. So when they went to Alan's apartment... To be like, hey, you're being arrested. Actually, they just went to go question him. They weren't going to arrest him. I wish that's what happened, <laughs> but that's not what happened. So they went to go, like, you know, question him further at his house. Uh, and there they found that his pregnant partner, like, was there living with him. And they discovered that this woman had a pearl ring and a jade pendant that happened to belong to Teresita. Oh, no. The jewelry was stolen. And she was stabbed. This is all stuff that came from the possession from Jose's wife. What's happening here? I mean, this is <laughs> this is like Odd Thomas, I guess. I, it, I, I, oh my god! If you haven't checked that movie out, check it out. It's amazing. So the uh, partner had said that she was given these gifts as a late Christmas present around the same time uh-huh. as the murder. So. <laughs> Uh, the police took Alan in for questioning, where he originally denied killing Teresita, but then later admitted to going to her house to visit and ended up stabbing her and stealing some of her jewelry, shoving her under a mattress, and then lighting the apartment on fire to cover up his crime. Everything was true. That's so weird. That's <laughs> so weird. I won't lie. That's That's so weird. I mean, like... There's got to be, like, some, like, coincidences, right? Well, here's the thing. He later recanted his confession, stating that the police had threatened to arrest his pregnant partner if he did not confess. And as we know, the police are not exactly always the best in investigating a crime. And they did know all that information. And the defense, he argued that they, like, weren't going to be able to question the witness because the witness is supposedly dead. This is like a possession. They're like, we can't 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 call the ghost to the stand. Exactly. They're like, what are we going to do? Question a ghost? But the judge was just like, yeah, figure it out. We're doing this. (laughs) All right. Someone break out the Ouija board. (laughs) The judge... The judge felt that the case needed to be heard and a date was set. Like, they were ready to go. I mean, the judge is probably just like, I just got to see what happens. <laughs> I just have to. I mean, because from what really, like, what I, the research I did, I didn't find any, like, besides the fact that his initials are the same, are the, other than the fact that Teresita supposedly came back and possessed Remy, that's it. That's all we have. We have it like coming straight from the possessed person's mouth yep. and and some uh, initials. So like that's all they really had as far as I could tell. So the first case ended in a hung jury. They just like some people were like, yes, the ghost did come. It, this it isn't just shocking happened. to me. And some people were like, 
What is going on? No. It was it was me and you. It was me and you. I was the one being like, "Yes, this happened." A ghost came back, and she told. And you're the one going, "No." I mean, like, I, I'm going to need some more valid proof. testimony. I I just be like, if if a ghost, someone was possessed by some ghost accusing me for murder, I'd just be like, I'd be like, Judge, are we really doing this? So, <laughs> look at the man, like, uh. <laughs> so. A date was set for a second trial. They had to have a second trial on this. I'm not surprised by this at all. Well, while waiting for the date to be set up, Alan changed his plea again to guilty. He's like, this ghost is too powerful. (laughs) And he was sentenced to 14 years. Oh my god, really? 14 years? Okay, yeah, like, if he years. really did it, that is laughably low. But if he didn't actually do it, what the hell? I, I mean, is there really a way to, like, prosecute this case? I mean, sure, if there was evidence and fingerprints and, you know, DNA, I mean, I whatever. I just hope so. The, well, DNA wasn't really a thing until, like, like the mid-90s. From... The research that I did, and I mean, maybe there's more out there that I didn't see. Um, they didn't have anything other than these two things. There were like little to no evidence was found. So they did say little. Maybe there was something in there that I did not see, and I really hope so. Um, because this man did serve 14 years, or at least he was sentenced to 14 years in prison that for is this. insane. Can you imagine being in that prison? They're like... So how'd you get convicted by a ghost? Like, I, really? well, the thing is, really? the thing that gets me to he admitted to it. He's like, yeah, I did. I went over there to to visit under the guise of like fixing her TV, and then I stabbed her and I shoved her under a mattress, and I lit the whole place up and took a pearl. The thing is, too, a pearl ring and a jade pendant. No, that is cr- incriminating, I'll say that much. That that was I, but the thing is if she was having him go over to her house to help with like small jobs, could he have stolen them prior? It's true. You know, and maybe not killed her, but It's hard to place. And plus you could you could just say, "Oh, she gave it to me as a gift," you know? Yeah, well, and the only thing is like the timing. She did say she gave it to me as a late Christmas gift. It was very specific that it was a late Christmas gift. Either way, spooky scary. It was a very interesting story. So what do you guys think? Do you think uh Teresita went and possessed the wife of Jose or do you think that this is all just like a big sham like it's 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 not true it's just a story um this guy did kill her but you know her ghost did not come back or maybe this guy didn't kill her and he's just a part of me just wants it to be true i did if i'm murdered i can come back as a ghost and be like judge this this dude did it i I swear i would prefer though if you were not murdered i would prefer that too personally yeah. Yeah. Well, that is all the time that we have here today. We hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of our second season, and you guys have a good night. Have a good night, everybody. This has been The Haunting Podcast. Do you have an idea for an episode or just want to leave a comment and say hi? Visit our website at thehauntingpodcast.com for this, show notes, and other extras. 
Thank you for listening and have a good night.